0: All right, so this is the top 23 fails or mistakes that we've made in the past cycling rock. So you can learn from all of our
1: mistakes and uh, probably avoid them yourselves. Yeah, and today we're having a heavy focus specifically on like dry rock cycling. So we've got 23 of those fails coming up. All
0: right, so the number one fail today is actually related to assuming what you've learned in the past applies to today, because it might not.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't. And that mistake is assuming that the dry rock cycle is the same as the wet rock cycle, in which case, uh, like we said, we're specifically focused on dry rock here today, and uh, there's a lot longer, you know, process, more, you know, dynamics of the bacteria that we have to focus on, and different approaches altogether.
0: Yeah, so uh, my very first tank was live rock came out of the ro- ocean shipped in water, and you know what? That tank was uh, like a miracle. Just instant tank, like, instant tank, thrived <laughs> out of the, out of nothing. Today, live rock's pretty hard to come by, Uh, and it's a totally different thing. People are also going with that sand, which is another complexity, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just not the same uh, solution as before. You're gonna hear about all kinds of different ways today, but one of the things you should think about is take everything you knew about cycling a tank with a live rock and throw it in the trash, because it just does (laughs) not apply to dry rock. It's a much more complex process, and you're gonna learn all about it today. Number two, there's two different sources of ammonia when you're
1: cycling your tank. Yeah, and that, you guys have probably seen it all over the forums. And so the mistake here is thinking that the decay process or the ghost feeding, you know, adding the shrimp is the same as like the fish cycling process where the fish are producing the ammonia through their respiration and coming out of their gills. And that the process is completely different between the two. Like, the decay process actually has to go through that, you know, it has to break down, build up ammonia. Whereas the fish are just producing ammonia from respiration.
0: So the net result of that is ghost feeding and just throwing a shrimp in there or throwing a small amount of food in there every single day will work. Yeah. It just takes a bit longer mm-hmm. to do because when you throw that fish in there, immediately they're excreting ammonia out of their gills into the water and it's starting that cycle in a slow process. But it's just gonna happen a lot faster than waiting for food to actually decay. Cause mm-hmm. you can throw some food in the bottom of the tank yep. and watch it just sit there for up to a month. It can take a long time to decay. So they're just different and it's important to know the difference. So number three is actually the other way to add ammonia to the tank during the cycle, which is just dosing ammonia
1: right to the tank, but there's some expectations here that a lot of people don't have and they get surprised by. Yeah, and the mistake with adding ammonia is the possibility of adding too much ammonia. So there is you know, some balance or some trade-off there on um, adding this much ammonia, there's directions on the bottle for how to do it properly uh, to add the right amount, but you know, if you ha- get heavy-handed and you overdose ammonia, could lead to higher nitrates.
0: Yeah, there's two things really. One is that higher nitrate. So if I add one part per million ammonia to the tank, mm. it's gonna do 2.7 parts per million nitrite and 3.6 parts per million nitrate in the end. So really gotta pay attention to how long you're going to like try to cycle mm. your tank using ammonia. And it's no different than food. So they're gonna lead you to the same place. But when you're adding food, you kind of expect the nitrate at the end. Right. But when you're adding the ammonia, maybe you didn't expect that. So you really gotta put that in mind. The other thing is, if you overdose the ammonia, you can actually stall out the cycle. Oh, yeah. So it will slow it way, 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 way down. So make sure that you're monitoring the ammonia when you're doing that ammonia dosing for that type of cycling. All right, so number four, there's a whole lot of different bacterial products that can help your cycle mm. and make it a lot easier,
1: but there's some differences between them and it's not always clear. Yeah, and just being informed is the you know the key here. So not understanding the difference between live bacteria and dormant bacteria is the mistake here. And in which case, you know, live bacteria, live critters, they are susceptible some to some temperature changes, some more so than others. But understand what you have. If I have a dormant bacteria, it's probably gonna take longer because they have to wake up and you know, start the process. Live bacteria might go a little faster.
0: Yeah, so that's absolutely the case. Yeah. Live bacteria will immediately start replicating itself and just be a lot, lot faster. Mm. Uh, in this case, I think a couple examples of the live bacteria are the Microbacter Start XLM. And the, the Dr. Tim's one and only says yep. it right on the
1: bottle, live natrifying bacteria. Yeah,
0: the Microbacter Clean also is alive. However, the Microbacter 7 here is a, a dormant bacteria. So when would you want dormant bacteria?
1: I mean, if I'm planting my tank in the wintertime or in the heat, dead heat of the summer, you know, those temperature, you know, ship, these things have to ship. So mm-hmm. uh, I have to be mindful of that and I might just choose a, a dormant bacteria. So some of them can actually survive being frozen, the mm-hmm. live ones, but
0: a lot of them won't survive 130 in the back of a UPS truck for four days. <laughs> right. So, and you gotta be uh, careful too, like it's not just uh, traveling to you, but it's also traveling to the store or any facility. It had to get from one place to the other in any case in the hot weather. Mm. So in that case, sometimes dormant bacteria can actually be better. Uh, so if it is a negative 10 degrees out or 130, dormant bacteria may actually help you a cycle tank. Also, the live strains tend to be a little bit more isolated strains where, like, the microbacter 7 has seven different strains mm, in there. Yeah. It does take a little longer, but it helps uh, create a different bioculture. So, just look into it when you're selecting uh, your different bacteria because they are different and they have different solutions. Right tool, right job. All right, so number five is actually something that we all have done on our first tank, but generally get progressively better about.
1: Yeah, and the mistake is rushing it or putting too much too fast. And you know, that's a common theme in the hobby is nothing good happens fast in reef tank. Same with uh, the cycling process with bacteria, fish and everything that you're adding in, just trying to get this thing going.
0: Yeah, so that really is it. Uh, Everybody's in a race to the finish line in the beginning. So you're adding fish too fast, Mm. you're adding bacteria, just glugging it in and (laughs) hoping for the best, not following directions. You just, all these things racing the finish line, especially with this dry rock, which Mm. tends to take longer to create those bacterial cultures that are naturally gonna filter the tank. So really slow it way down and the success will go up. All right, so number six is actually very specific to dry rock because the tools have changed, the methods need to change with it.
1: Yeah, and that is making the mistake of assuming that ammonia should be your only consideration in the tank cycle. So I just pick up an ammonia test kit, right? And test for when I have zero ammonia, my tank cycle's done.
0: Yeah, that's not really the case.
1: Uh, And so it was the case back in the day when we were
0: all using live rock. Now that a vast majority of us are using dry rock, really just isn't the case. So yes, we definitely want to filter the tank for ammonia. We want to make sure that we're not poisoning the fish but there are all kinds of other bacterial populations that are forming on the rock. There's all kinds of biodiversity that's happening in this tank and we just need to give it time for mm. the whole tank. And there's no way, real way to describe every little element of it. Right. And we didn't even probably understand it when we we're using live rock, it just happened naturally on its own. It's just gonna take longer here and you need to have that consideration. All right, number seven, super closely related to this and actually dramatically increases success rates.
1: Yeah, and that's missing the value of cycled media and just adding it to your tank right off the Basically, you're just seeding a bacterial population from one that was already established in a tank. So a piece of rock or a piece of, uh, you know, brick media or something like that.
0: Yeah, so we've seen success with that in many cases. Oh, uh, yeah. The XXL or the E-170 rather, or you just use live rock in there, Insta-Tank. Mm-hmm. You know, the tank looks awesome. Yeah. And in just a matter of like 15 months, just totally built out. The flow test tanks where we had
1: just a cycled brick at the bottom. Corals did awesome, fish did awesome.
0: Yeah, so those bricks, they just sat in a maintained tank. Uh, we threw them in the bottom of the uh, flow test tanks and we had 144 corals, I think in there, yep. zero mortalities, mm. insta tank. So having those bacterial solutions that are set up in an existing tank and then transporting them over to uh, your new tank will actually way speed up the process. All right, number eight, also kind of left over from a bygone era of live rock and really doesn't apply to today's area, dry rock.
1: Yeah, no, and that is assuming that just magically bacteria will, will appear in your tank in all of its forms, uh, rather than just nitrifying bacteria. There's a lot of other bacterias out there. And uh, sure, there will be some when you throw some rock and heaters and water in a tank, uh, but you're missing a whole lot of other beneficial bacteria.
0: Yeah, so uh, in the past, you largely, again, just thought about uh, ammonia, nitrogen, uh, bacteria, mm. and that does just seem to come out of thin air. The nitrogen fairy shows up and <laughs> puts it in true. the tank. It's probably coming out of the, bacteria, or the uh, digestive tract of the fish or on a coral that you put in there, mm. or maybe even on various foods that you put in the tank, but that won't usually always form. However, what doesn't form is that bacterial film on the rock that is you know, keeping the rock feel, uh, free of pests. And like you know, you have your dinos and mm, your cyano yeah. and all kinds of other different algae and stuff that grow on there. The bacteria will actually outcompete that space and keep it free of that stuff. So that's why you have like your microbector sevens. Sometimes, if you want to go ahead and add like that brick we just talked about to the tank, the problem is, is it not only brings all those bacteria and everything to the tank but also whatever pest came with the tank as well. So if you have Aptasia in that tank, or if you have uh, Dinos or you have anything or funky algae in there, I don't necessarily want to take that problem and transport it (laughs) to a new tank. So an alternative method to that is actually dosing strains of bacteria that have been pre-mixed for you. So that uh, Microbacter 7 in this case is some strains that are designed to uh, uh, transform nitrogen in the tank into nitrate and hopefully actually process it in nitrogen gas. But also there are strains in there that will scavenge the surface of the rock and keep it free of all those pests. Even more aggressive than that is uh, the Microbacter Clean in this case, which will keep all the surface This is the rock clean. It will keep uh, the sand clean. It actually makes the ugly stage of cycling a tank just a lot, lot easier.
1: All right, number nine is something I'd love to do, but sometimes it just isn't feasible for me. Yeah, so this one you've heard us uh, talk about before. As soon as you start thinking about a fish tank, get your rock. And so the the mistake here is missing now that you can cycle the rock or, you know, have this thing going during the process of your build. So I'm waiting for my tank to come in, my sump to come in or whatever. I I know I need some rock for this thing. And I just kind of want to get a jump start on that cycle. I just buy my rock and get it cycling.
0: Yeah, the like flip side of that though is, is what if I really want to take my time aquascaping the rock? Uh, And if I really want to take my time doing that, it's gonna be dry and it's out in the air and then all of that is for naught, right? right? Yep. So you gotta find the balance in there. So if you can aquascape ahead of time, like uh, months ahead of time, you can actually take your finished aquascape, you know, put it in a bin mm-hmm. and then even throw some fish in there and start cycling live inside of something like a brute trash can right. or even an empty tank. But you can start cycling like right away and skip all of that. In fact, if you can, Like the moment you decided that you wanted a tank, just skip the tank, skip all the lights, skip all the stuff, (laughs) start with the aquascape and start building the aquascape. And once that's done, soak it and then start thinking about the rest of it because you'll have way, way higher success rates with rock that has been soaking and cycling for many months than if you do it brand new. All right, number 10, yet
1: another leftover from live rock doesn't really do that well with dry rock. No, and that is turning your lights on too fast or too early. And we all want to see this thing with the lights on. I bought all these lights. It looks cool. I want to see, and it does look cool for maybe you know, a few days, but then here comes the heavy, ugly brown phase. And you know those stuff that grows on in that ugly brown phase actually can feed on like some ammonia and grow even
0: worse. Yeah. So in that case, if you're using dry rock, really you should do a prolonged cycle do it with the lights off, just enjoy your fish. They're not gonna mind the lights being off. Yeah. And just enjoy the fish for a while while all those bacterias and the biofilm forms on the rock. Because the moment you turn the lights on, anything that is a photosynthetic organism is going to start growing. You're providing yeah. energy for it to start to thrive. Mm. And so really think about that and make sure that you only turn the lights on when you do. And I'll be honest, once you do, if you start to see the ugly stage, I might just power through the end of it. Uh, So you're probably just gonna have that, but know that when you turn the lights on, you're going to start fueling that and do
1: it intentionally. Number 11 though, I think maybe three fourths of you probably overlooked. Yeah, and that is uh, not testing your tank Before turning your lights on. So, you know, you might be testing for ammonia during the cycle, everybody does, but, you know, even the things like nitrate and phosphate. So, again, those, you know, you turn the lights on, these photosynthetic organisms love nitrate, love phosphate. And if you haven't tested and you don't know how much is in your tank, you might be giving them a huge boost of food source.
0: So there's all kinds of ways to have cycled the tank. You may have done it poorly and you'll figure that out now. Uh, At this (laughs) point, you're going to test the nitrate and phosphate. If you have 30 parts per million uh, uh, nitrate and you have uh, two parts per million phosphate, it is time to change over much of the water. And you're not gonna be changing out the bacteria when you change over the water. The bacteria lives on surfaces, so it's safe at this point to take out most of the water, replace it, because starting a tank with super high nitrate and phosphate Mm -hmm. levels is starting a tank with plant fertilizer in it, (laughs) and you're going to grow plants or algae. All right, so number 12
1: uh, I've been guilty of because I just didn't understand uh, what was happening if I didn't do this. Mm. That is uh, making the mistake of not following the directions on the bottle, in which case all of these have their own specific dosing instructions. And you know, whether your tank is 20 gallons, 100 gallons, 300 gallons, uh, it applies to each one of us individually, and you've got to be cognizant of that.
0: Yeah. So it isn't always more is better. Mm -hmm. And it isn't always, uh, it tells me to do 10 milliliters a day. So 70 milliliters once a week is fine. No, (laughs) it's not the case. And so in the past, especially with bacteria, I felt like, oh, I'm just adding a culture here of bacteria. And, you know, if it works, it's just going to repopulate in the tank. And the reality is, is that's just not true. Uh, so uh, many of these bacterias actually don't replicate themselves in the tank. Mm. And so they will do their job of scavenging all of, and uh, outcompeting competing many of the other organisms in the tank, but they actually need to be dosed to, to work properly and you know beat out the dinos or whatnot. So make sure you read the instructions on it and follow them because all of these have different mechanisms as to the way that they work. And it's important to follow it if you want to realize the results. All right, number 13, there is no right or wrong answer, but you should put thought into this one.
1: Yeah, and that is making the mistake of not considering the amount of surface area for the amount of filtration. So, you know, my one little rock or one little piece of rock, if I have it in a hundred gallon tank with a whole bunch of fish, it's not gonna get the job done. Yeah. The most, uh,
0: the place that this showed up for me the most where it is the most convincing is the difference between a tank that has rock and sand in it Mm. and one that just has rock and a bare bottom. They cycle dramatically different. Oh yeah. The cycle length is longer. The challenges are longer with uh, no sand. And all that little sand is essentially all this rock broken up into tiny little bits. And the sand actually probably provides more surface area than all the rock put together. Oh, yeah. And more importantly, a lot of the garbage that comes out of the fish and the fish waste and the food settles out in the sand and is processed there. So thinking about all that surface area and how you're going to manage it and how many fish you're gonna have, there is no right or wrong answer other than you should put some thought into it so you get the right result. So in this case, if you're gonna have like a negative escape uh, or a negative space aquascape Mm -hmm. and no sand, think about how in the sump we could add additional filtration. If you don't have a lot of room, the Brightwell bricks or the uh, uh, Marine Pure bricks Mm -hmm. will add a lot of filtration in a small compact form factor. But if you have a bunch of room, you can also just use some live rock, put it in there. As long as it's able to clean it at a later date, a really easy solution to add additional filtration to the tank. Right, number 14 is actually a recent revelation for mm. me because I just didn't understand what harder meant.
1: Yeah, and we've experienced this firsthand in our tanks and that is thinking that you know, the sand versus no sand will have the same cycling process and absolutely completely different.
0: Yeah, so if you're gonna go bare bottom for the first time, yeah, I don't care how long you've been doing this or <laughs> decades even, take everything you know about cycling a tank, throw it in the trash. It does no longer apply here at all. Uh, And I've seen it with countless super pro reefers, people that I look up to, who do their bare bottoms the first time, and they're doing it just the same way that they would plan all the other tanks. And then they have all these challenges, right? So it's just a different solution and you really need to think about it differently. So if you're gonna have a no say in the tank, these bacterial booster products, also just putting a brick or some live rock out of another tank and putting it in the sump mm. will dramatically increase the results. Also, just a little bit of patience will actually oh, yeah. do that too. It is not gonna happen as fast. And once you know that and just accept it, the results go way up. All right, number 15, a lot of people
1: don't think about, but it's absolutely true. And that is when we make the mistake of thinking that man-made rock has a, as much porosity or surface area as natural rock, which, Absolutely doesn't. And uh, you can tell when you, you know, soak one in water and soak the other and how much water they retain.
0: Yeah, so we did that experiment a while back yep. and the buccani just soaked it up, right? Whereas a lot of cement rocks and even the Reef Saver rock really didn't soak up a lot because mm-hmm. they're either mined or man-made created rock. Dense, yeah. Yeah, just dense. It's just not the same thing. And if you think about it, you know, the buccani was like a Pasilipora coral, I believe. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, built its skeletal structure up. And it's just a way more porous structure. Same thing with like old Fiji rock. Yep. Fiji I think is just a, a, a coral analogy that it is built upon mm. itself and built structure. So these things are just different uh, materials and you should just know that. Now a lot of those like natural rocks aren't available anymore. So just think about it. However, sand is a basically broken up old coral bits. So if you have that in your tank, it's part of the reason why you're adding so much filtration. So if you're going with mined or uh, like artificial rock, think about that and how it's going to work in your tank. And one of the things we did with this aquascape here is actually there's lots of bits of sand you know, on the surface of the rock. So you can actually create uh, additional surface area in different ways in your tank. Just think about it and knowing it is really half the battle. All right, so number 16 isn't really the law, but you should at least think about it.
1: Yeah, and that's making the mistake of running your skimmer while dosing the bacterial products. So the bacteria live on the surfaces of the rock, of the sand, and uh, not necessarily free floating in the water column, but as I'm dosing it, it is free floating through the water column and uh, my skimmer has the chance of taking it out. So the skimmer can
0: remove some of the bacteria. So you have really two or three options here. One, you could temporarily turn your skimmer off. Mm -hmm. Use like the feed button on your apex or whatnot and turn it off for a few hours. Allow that bacteria to find a place to colonize on a surface. You could also, you know, just turn the skimmer off during the whole cycle. You won't be able to pull out a lot of the waste that way. So you Mm -hmm. might want to think about that. But another option, is understanding the skimmer isn't 100% effective. So it's just gonna reduce a little bit. So you can just dose a little bit more to compensate and that'll probably work too. All right, number 17, I absolutely did this wrong and told some other people to do it wrong too. So it's a good time to correct it.
1: Yeah, and that was making the mistake of using uh, ammonia competing filters while you're cycling the tank. So, you know, I'm purposely want the the ammonia in the tank because I'm trying to fuel the bacterial colony. But if I'm filtering it out, you know, with, kato or algae scrubber or something else that you know can draw from ammonia out of the tank then I'm really just starving out my bacteria to some degree. Yeah, so that was one of the things we talked about in the past is why not start with
0: your refugium or algae scrubber from the beginning, keep nitrate and uh, phosphates low from the beginning, mm. and you'll probably uh, not run into the same issues when you turn the lights on. Yeah. Well, that in theory sounds true. What you're really doing is sucking up all that ammonia into the plant before you can actually feed your cycle, which just makes the whole process in the beginning way more challenging. Mm. Now there are some options out there that defy this one. So like uh, KZ actually has a cycle process, so they mm. have have uh actually interesting enough, they have a food for the bacteria, you dose the bacteria, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's like a, a four step process to cycling your tank with this. But they also have an ammonia absorbing medium, which mm-hmm. is the zeolite media, however, What they're doing here is actually growing much of that bacteria right on the media itself. So the whole thing is a little different, but make sure you're thinking about the other filtration that you're running on the tank when you do it, because in most cases, you don't want ammonia filters on the tank when you're trying to build out your cycle. All
1: right, number 18, it's time to add
0: some fish, but do it intelligently.
1: Yeah, so the mistake here is not understanding that the fish load or bio load scales. So I just started my tank, I got my two clowns in there the rock the sand and i feel like i've gone through my cycle and now i'm ready to throw in all my dream fish so i'm throwing my tangs in there and all these other you know gobies and whatnot Uh, but i'm also adding a lot more ammonia
0: Yeah. In general, I'd say don't double, more than double the ammonia load in a single day uh, or even like a single month really. Right. But it will generally actually catch up really fast. The bacteria can replicate itself based on the available food source pretty Mm. fast once it's established. However, Think about it more in terms of size of fish and activity of the fish. So if I get two clownfish adding two gobies, no big deal, right? <laughs> if I add two clownfish and then I add uh, like a you know really big yellow tang, it might be you know four times as much ammonia as the two little clownfish. Mm. So really think about that. And it's not just the amount of fish or amount of fish, but it's also the size of fish. And it's not just the feeding you put in, but actually all that ammonia is coming out of its gills.
1: Number 19 related to fish again. Yeah, and that's uh, thinking that, you know, all cycle fish are the same and they're not, there's fish that are, you know, hardy, hardy fish that we throw in the tank for the cycle. We could be trusted clownfisher at the top of the mind for that one, but I, I wouldn't do this tank cycle or start my tank cycle with my really sensitive Achilles tang or powder brown or, you know, there's different fish for different situations. Cycling uh, is one to pick a hardy fish. I've been doing this for 16 years now. Every
0: single tank I've uh, started with has been uh, clownfish. Yeah. And I've never lost a clownfish during the cycle. Clownfish, unless you just hate them, are what I'm in a cycle <laughs> tank with every time. And by hardy, it means that it can tolerate the transfer of ammonia in its gills mm-hmm. a little better than the other ones. And so uh, I don't recommend just throwing a fish in there, hoping for the best, support it with the bacteria, mm-hmm. support it with an intelligent process. But the first fish should always be able to tolerate any types of missteps. All right, number
1: twenty, super
0: duper important.
1: Yeah, so don't make the mistake of not considering an ounce of prevention up front, worth that pound of cure in the end. Specifically, when it comes to like bacteria and how bacteria can help you in your tank through those hard, ugly brown phases, potentially uh, keeping it at bay altogether.
0: Yeah. So uh, just to so like uh, spell that out. There's 16 ounces in a pound, <laughs> so it is 16 times easier just to avoid the problems than it is to come back and try to solve dino, solve algae issues, mm. solve uh, you know all kinds of problems you could have had with your cycle. So that uh, ounce of prevention. Just take your time. It's super easy to do nothing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And the other part of it is really think about the value of those scavenging bacteria like the Vibrant, the Microbacter Clean. Mm -hmm. I know that Dr. Tim's makes, I think, Waste waste Away. away. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of those things will keep the sludge off of the tank. Some of them like the Clean and the Vibrant actually have that like predatory surface bacteria that will scavenge the surfaces and keep a lot of that stuff at bay but also like the seven here will create that balance of different bacteria in there that creates a mm. biofilm on your tank and make sure that you can like avoid a lot of this stuff. And one of the things we've said earlier today is like, you know, the like ugly stage yeah. is almost guaranteed. Well, actually it isn't. There are some ways around it and you can dramatically increase the success rates of avoiding that by making sure that your bacterial film, either through dosing or from using bacteria from an established tank will dramatically increase those success rates. Number 21 is actually, this isn't just the fish we're cycling the tank for. It's so much more than that.
1: Yeah, we learned this in the, the WWC-BRS the hybrid series, and that is taking a tester coral right off the bat and putting it in your tank to make sure that the conditions are right before you add in all of those corals that you want and dream and pay a lot of money for. You might as well just get it up a, out of the way out, up front and make sure that corals are ready to survive and thrive in your tank. So in this case, you're not really
0: cycling for ammonia. Uh, And the the word cycle here is kind of mysterious, but it's making sure the tank is ready to support this type of Mm -hmm. life. Uh, And uh, again, going back to the WWC series, when Josh said, when you see coralline algae covering the tank, you know that calcareous algae is capable of surviving in this tank. It's now ready for some test corals. When the test corals do well, you
1: can move forward. Number 22, I did this once and I'll never do it again. Yeah. A lot of us get, it, get them in packs too, but you know, the mistake is buying a nitrite test kit. Uh, half of us, you know, many times I've seen it on the forums and in the groups and whatnot says, I've never, registered for, I've never registered nitrite, I've tested nitrite, I've tested nitrite, never registered. And a lot of times we'll register ammonia, we'll register nitrate uh, and just miss that window of nitrite. So I was told in the beginning, you need to monitor ammonia,
0: nitrite and nitrate to monitor the different stages of the cycle. And I guess that was fun and true. Once that's over, the uh, box of that test kit for the nitrite will sit around until it's expired and they'll throw in the trash and you'll probably (laughs) never buy another one. Right. Uh, That just really doesn't fluctuate. And I don't know anybody who actually tests for it uh, frequently. Right. However, here's the thing, while that was fun and I did learn something along the process, Uh, here's the like, you know, secret sauce behind it. Mm. You're gonna test for ammonia. Ammonia will go up and then it will go down and then test in the end for the nitrate to go up, in which case the tank is now cycled and you're probably ready. You don't necessarily need to test every little stage of it. If you want to, you can, but you can also save some money and uh, avoid some waste as well. All right, number 23 is actually just a pitch for something I think is probably the most overlooked tool in our industry.
1: Yeah, so don't make the mistake of overlooking the benefit and value of real-time ammonia monitoring. Uh, From right when you set up your tank, like I can monitor ammonia. A lot of us have test kits and that's what we all use. And that's fine, you know, I can follow trends and tests and write it down and just kind of see the trends. But in real time, I can see any changes to the tank that is happening and follow that ammonia curve throughout the entire cycling process with benefits later on though.
0: Yeah, so brand new tank, I'm just starting this tank up. I wanna do the cycle right. If I have something like the Senai, gives me real time uh, ammonia monitoring. Now when I add two fish, I'm not just adding 50% more fish and hoping for the best. I'm actually watching how this is going and understanding it so I can perfect how I actually establish a brand new tank. However, here's the reason why I think this is actually a great tool because at 200 bucks, you know, just to monitor ammonia probably yeah. isn't good enough for me. <laughs> no. uh, but for 200 bucks, right after I cycle my tank, the next thing I'm gonna do is set up my lights and I can just like throw switches and hope for the best <laughs> or I can uh, do it intelligently with a par meter, which it will also do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I set up my lights right, I'm gonna dramatically increase the success of my tank. I just cycled correctly. Now I set up my lights correctly. And then after that, I have real time monitoring of ammonia, when, so I know anything dies. I have real time monitor pH, mm-hmm. so I know if I overdosed a lot of chemicals. I have a water level monitoring, so I know if my auto top off failed or if there's a leak. I have all kinds of different information at, at my tool here. that will just send a, a message right to my phone and let me know something went wrong. 80% of the reasons that a tank will go down, now actually I have instant notifications so I can do something about it. So really, really cool for cycling a tank, but actually
1: cool beyond that as well. All right, so if there's only one thing that you heard today, let it be this. Yeah, for me, that is, th- you know, making the mistake of thinking that bacteria just forms out of thin air. You know, there is some bacteria that I can just add some uh, heat, rock, and uh, salt water in, and I'll have bacteria. But, you know, if you really want to diversify that bacterial colony, there's products out there that can help the process and help the ugly brown phase and help us just be successful in the long run.
0: That's been a pretty big revelation for me in the last 18 months is actually learning what these products are capable of doing uh, and uh, how they can transform our tanks. But if the one thing for me that is super important that everybody hears today, it's if you've never started a tank with dry rock before, take everything that you know uh, about uh, the live rock, throw that in the trash. If you've never done a bare bottom, take definitely take all of that, throw it in the trash. <laughs> They're totally different processes. Mm-hmm. Learn about it and you'll dramatically increase your success rates. And uh, I think we'll follow up this today's video. If you wanna learn more about the Senai that we just talked about, we actually have a Thomas Burton video right here and he'll tell you all about it, including a little hack where you can plug it right into a little window stick and uh, or even a tablet maybe and learn something new.